So happy Friday, gang. Today is going to be all about habits. And I think it's a really good focus for kind of coming to the end of the year and the beginning of the next year. If you've been here a while, you might be like, ah, but I'm nailing my habits. I've got them embedded. Um, they are performing brilliantly, moving me towards my goal. And even if that's the case, there are basically going to be some nuggets of gold here. I've been filling my ears um, with lots of interviews um, with the amazing author, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. And if you haven't read it, it might be a really good thing alongside a barbell to put on your Christmas list. And it's really interesting listening to somebody talk about how not only to build habits, but also how to um, break habits. And basically the premise being that the quality of your life is gonna be very dependent on the quality of your habits. And there are so many things that we sort of habitually just do that we automate. And it's really good to kind of like reflect on things. And if we're not getting the results that we want to get, it's very likely that we haven't got the systems in place to get us there. And our default is always going to uh, be to go back to our kind of blueprint behaviors. Um, there's a really amazing quote of his, and it is about um, the fact that you can have um, any goal, but the likelihood is you're going to fall to the level of your systems and you're not going to rise to the level of your goal. And I thought that was really incredible. And I think it kind of really kind of spoke to me about what happens often in January when people suddenly have these big ambitious goals that obviously 2022 is going to be completely different. They set like a massive fat loss target, a target to be kind of going to the gym four or five times a week and they don't address their current systems. So instead they're very goal orientated. And the problem is that might be fine for the first week of January when you're motivated, you're hungover, you've had enough of all the kind of rich Christmas foods, you just want to feel different. But what will happen is although you can sort of strive for that goal initially, ultimately work starts to creep back in, demands from um, your job, your family, and just general life admin, and you will go back and you will fall back to the level of the systems that you have in place. And so you're not gonna be rising to the level of your goal, you're gonna be falling back to the level of the systems that you have in place. And he's very much um, about the fact that the way you're living is dependent on the systems that you have in place. So having that ability to reflect, think about the systems you have in place, check that they're optimized. And if they're not, know how to kind of build the habits you want and lose the habits that are not serving you anymore. And again, with January as kind of my um, thought of the moment, I think lots of people will go in for some very intensive diet or fitness regime come January. So I think as a society, we really value intensity. So it's much more impressive to say, okay, come January, I am going to cut out the carbs, give up drinking. Um, I'm going to start running three times a week. I'm going to go to the gym twice a week. I am going to give up sugar, um, you know, as extreme as you can possibly think. So really sort of intensive idea of what you need to do to sort of achieve your goal. However, really what you need to do is be more consistent. 
And we are continually tempted to trip ourselves up by going for intensity over consistency. And you really just need to switch your mindset because it isn't intensity that is going to change the body composition that you're living in. It is not intensity that is going to be able to change your habits. It's consistency over intensity all of the time. So if you're ever lured, and I think, again, the new year is always a good time to be lured into thinking you might need to do something like an extreme detox or cut out major macronutrients. Just remember, it's not intensity that is going to get you to your goal. It is consistency. And they had a chat on the podcast, which was really interesting about how long does it take to build a habit? And he makes a very good point that a habit is only a habit as long as you're doing it. So really it's a lifetime because as soon as you stop doing something or you drop that routine, it's no longer a habit that you have embedded. And I just love that idea that the quality of your habits are directly correlated with the quality of your life. So really thinking about building these um, quality habits. And there's lots of talk about uh, the compound effect. And I know we've spoken about it on the podcast before as well. And it can be really sort of unsatisfying to think about these sort of small wins that can build up to give you these amazing results. And I think it's why as humans, we're much more after the, the quick fix, the thing that we can sort of blitz in 30 days being much more extreme. However, it really is those little small choices or changes that are going to compound and basically turn into gold over time. So for example, the person who always walks everywhere, so it doesn't seem like much to become that person who always walks everywhere. And it's going to make no difference on any single day, whether you walk to school or whether you walk to work or whether you take the car, like absolutely zero difference. However, if you are the type of person who walks everywhere and you do that over months and years, you are going to be living in an extremely different body than the person who drives everywhere. But on any single day, that difference can feel so small that it's almost not worthwhile thinking about or paying attention to. Luckily for us guys, we've got it as one of our fundamentals is that we move more and we look to kind of reach our step target and we look for opportunities to move all of the time. Very similarly, as a nutrition idea, there is no difference between the person um, who chooses to have the burger or the person who chooses to maybe go for the kind of proteiny vegetable salad or whatever. So on any one day, making that choice between those two things is not going to impact on the type of body you are living in in years to come. However, if you again kind of scale it up and continually you're the type of person who chooses the burger, so the burger, chips, fries, Coke over the kind of, I don't know, chicken salad and some fizzy mineral water. If you're the person who's always going for the burger and you speed forward to sort of three, four, five years, maybe even 20 years, thinking about the kind of health consequences of that kind of compound effect. And it can feel so small. And obviously we can all eat burgers as much as we choose to. But when you just kind of reflect on these sort of small habits and the type of choices you want to be making, because remembering that those choices are kind of voting for that person that you're wanting to be. 
So on any given day, these tiny habits of being the person who walks everywhere, being the type of person who never misses a planned workout, being the type of person who prioritizes protein and vegetables at all meals the majority of the time, all of these things are going to compound over time. And it doesn't sound as sexy if in January you're not going on some green smoothie juice cleanse. Just as a sideline, I think you guys all know, but they are obviously bollocks. Nobody needs to juice cleanse. Nobody um, needs to um, detox. You have got the organs in your body that are perfectly designed to do this. They do it all of the time. So obviously cutting down on the booze is a great idea. Drinking plenty of water and sort of non-caffeinated drinks is fantastic. Going for whole food sources, et cetera, is fantastic. But you do not need to be extreme. I think um, if we could just get rid of that need to go into these extreme periods of time, we would all be living in healthier bodies and minds. So again, just parking intensity. Us guys, we're going to embrace consistency. And I'm just having a little um, think about the other things that really struck me about the, the podcast. And the exciting thing is at any point in your life, you can become the architect of your habits. So this idea that it's up to you to build your habits, you don't need to be the victim of them. So if there's some habits that you start to reflect and not serving you in your life anymore, you can um, make a move to address that and change the habit because you don't have to have a set of habits that are going to serve you throughout your life. Obviously, sometimes things just become a little bit um, sort of useless or sort of take you in a different direction than you, you're choosing to go anymore. So really taking that moment to kind of look at your current set of habits and are they moving you towards the person that you want to be? And if they're not, which ones do you want to redesign basically, be that architect, get hold of the habit, and decide that you're going to reconstruct it so it's serving you better. And there was, I mean, there was so much in um, in the podcast. And some of it was, again, about how our brains quite like to autopilot some things. So human beings are extremely intelligent. And we're wanting to make sure that we're saving as much time and energy and, and sort of thought processes for more important things. So just deciding to make sure that there's some set behaviors that are your blueprint are going to kind of protect you are going to keep you living in this healthy body that feels amazing performs amazing looks the way you want it to look again if you can start to embed them so much that they're just part of your way of being and it's lovely when I get check-ins from you guys and you're like well I don't even think about steps anymore like I am just the person who walks everywhere that's just something I do or I am the type of person who always has my um my training on a Monday Wednesday Friday that that's just what I do and it's interesting because when that habit becomes so embedded and I know some of us have experienced this there's actually more tension and more friction when you're unable to maybe do your workout or um, sort of get your steps in because it doesn't feel quite right. That's not your habit. That's not the type of person um, you are. It sort of doesn't tally. It doesn't kind of marry with the person um, that you are who always hits their steps, who always trains consistently, who always kind of chooses protein-centric meals. So if you are there now and there's more of a rub or a friction when you're unable to perform your usual habits, that's fantastic. It probably means that they are 
embedded and becoming a bit more habitual. So in the same way, you don't really think about brushing your teeth, you just do it. And I mean, there are some habits like teeth brushing, which I don't think working out's ever going to 100% feel like that. But definitely having regular slots where that's just what you do is really, really um, fantastic for just helping you to, to show up, basically. And when he talks about how you select a new habit, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, maybe there are certain habits that I would like to um, grow or embed or sort of redesign a little bit. He really thinks that it's a much better way around. And the more I think about it, I think this is the approach that we um, take anyway. I did actually read his book a long time ago whilst designing um, the six-week reset. So I think that probably was influenced very much so because you may notice some of the language is what we use in our morning routine. But it's about having um, identity-based habits. So rather than thinking, okay, my goal is fat loss. Um, or my goal is to become stronger. So rather than thinking about what you want the outcome to be, you have to start thinking about the type of person you wish to become. So the type of person who um, is living in a healthy body composition, who feels fit, who feels energetic, um, who feels really healthy, thinking about Um, that type of person and trying to start to identify with that type of person. So in our morning routine, we have that phrase about um, obviously trying to think about the person that you want to become. So I'm a person who is working towards making protein centric choices um, for all of my meals and snacks. So I'm working towards being the type of person who never misses a workout and that just change so the change away from what you're wanting to being much more about embedding these behaviors and identifying with the type of person who has these behaviors is really powerful and what James Clear talks about then is each time you show up for a workout or each time you select a protein centric meal or each time you walk somewhere because you're just the type of person who walks somewhere. This is all evidence. And you're basically building an evidence bank that you are that type of person. Because interestingly, there's that whole sort of fake it till you make it. So obviously you could be like, yeah, yeah, even if you're not training or eating brilliantly, you could be like, yeah, I'm a person who eats brilliantly. I always think about nourishing my body and variety. And you could just try and fake it but it becomes unstuck. And the reason it becomes unstuck is because there's no evidence. So instead it's delusional. So rather than fake it till you make it, you have to start voting for the type of person you want to become. So each time you do walk and you don't take the car, that's a vote for being the type of person who walks everywhere. Or each time you select uh, probably the, the healthiest option off a menu, Again, that's a vote for being that type of person. And he talks about different case studies. And there was a guy in his book who had to lose like an immense amount of weight. And he just had this little mantra. And he talks about when you're sort of doing this identity, um, when you're really thinking about identity-based habits, that it poses lots of questions which are really useful for you throughout the day. 
And this guy had a immense amount of weight to lose. And he just had this little phrase, what would a healthy person do? So when he was faced with a challenge, like, do I get the lift or do I get the stairs? He would just kind of ask himself that identity based question, which is, okay, I want to be a healthy person. I want to identify as a healthy person. What would a healthy person do? And it just would help to guide him. So it's so important because then what was happening for this guy is that he was um, taking action that were in line with the type of person he wanted to become. That was building a bank of evidence. And then, you know, years down the line, he's living in a healthy body. He's got really healthy habits and he's built that evidence bank by voting. So being the guy that took the stairs, being the guy that chose the most healthy um, food choice off the menu the majority of the time, all the time just reinforcing this type of person that he was working towards being. And I think that is really important, that idea that you can't just fake it till you make it, but you haven't got any evidence. It's soon gonna kind of fall apart because you're not really uh, believing that you have got this identity. And they did also talk, I think for this guy particularly, because he had so much weight to lose and sort of um, a very low level of fitness when he started it. He would also just have this idea that he would go to the gym for five minutes. And he just started being the type of person that would go to the gym. So just five minutes would like walk through the door, like get on one of the machines, five minutes and he would go. And he didn't try and overwhelm himself by making this an amazingly arduous task that he wouldn't look forward to. He was just like, I literally go for five minutes, I turn around and I walk out again. And obviously over time that compounded, he had those reserved spots for exercise and that um, he became the type of person that never missed a workout. He would always turn up for his designated slot. And that's about starting the behavior. And so many of you previously who I've checked in with, maybe exercise has kind of fallen off the back burner. And it's like, well, how do I start again? And this is about making things tiny. So really scale back the behavior. We talk about exercise snacking all the time, and it's very similar to what this guy did. Sometimes it's overwhelming to think about a 45 minute workout, and maybe over Christmas particularly, there just isn't gonna be time. But if you're the type of person that works out, maybe still popping in a 20 minute hit video or a 20 minute strength video, it's just gonna keep voting silently in the background for the fact that you're still the type of person that prioritizes working out. Maybe you literally do the six minute um, you choose hit video every day for six minutes because you know you've got a whole week where you're never gonna be able to train um, for longer than that. But you know six minutes is easy. You could just do it before you um, have your breakfast. You could literally get out of bed, do your routine, shower, done. And What's important about it, not only is it lovely that your muscles are being reminded that they're needed, um, so you can, if you're in a deficit, still tap into your fat stores, but what's more important is it continues to vote for the type of person you want to be. So when life calms down, you can obviously resume normal activity, but you haven't lost that identity. And for all of us in this group, the identity I think most of us want is that we are people that train consistently, that move, walk everywhere, and choose nourishing food that benefits our body, our bodies and our minds. So I just think that's, yeah, really sort of a nice way to be thinking about it. So even when you can't be perfect, 
you're still doing something that is just kind of quietly a little nod and a reassurance that you're still the type of person that trains regularly. And he did talk about the fact that, and I think this is again why some of us become unstuck when we're wanting to be um, too perfect or too rigid. And he talks about if your habit is so rigid that there's no flexibility. So even if you normally can train really consistently, eat brilliantly, and then kind of something like Christmas rolls along and you can't really train regularly, maybe you're not even at your own home, you don't have um, your own equipment with you, you're not preparing your own food, but you've got no flexibility, you're going to break and you're going to be like, oh my God. And you're, you know, before you know it, I know we talked about the fuck it bucket before, but you'll be in it because you've got no flexibility with your habits. So it's much better to have flexibility with your habit um, and things that kind of keep reminding you of the type of person you're working towards being or the type of person you are whilst not just completely being like, oh my God, if I can't work out for 45 minutes with my barbell at home and create all of my own dishes, then I'm going to be sort of brittle and break. And then I'll just, you know, go off the rails completely. So again, just remembering that it's no good to be rigid with these rules. You have to have flexibility. And the more he talked about goals, if you think about, he gave some really good athlete examples. If you think about athletes, they all have the same goal. So say, for example, they're in the Olympics, all of them want to win gold. So they've all got the same goal. And the differential in who wins the gold and who doesn't win the gold is all about the systems that those athletes have in place. And some of their systems are gonna be better than others. So maybe they are optimizing their nutrition slightly better. Maybe they um, are better at looking after their rest and their recovery. Um, maybe you know their training is slightly more optimized, but it's the systems and it's not the quality of the goal that is going to move you there is basically the take home from that. And I think, yeah, so this is why it's going to be so imperative that if you aren't quite living in that body that you want, that you're just thinking about whether you've got your systems optimized. And if you've got a goal, that's one thing. And then you've got systems that are something else. And there's a gap. So say, for example, your goal is fat loss. Uh, but your general system, like level of functioning or your blueprint at the moment is that you take the car nearly everywhere. Um, you sort of eat out and socialize and don't give any thought to um, increasing vegetables and protein at meals. And you just have whatever you fancy and um, you don't have any consistent training in place. It's going to be impossible for you to reach that goal. So if you think about whatever your goal is at the moment, so just take a moment. You don't have to have a goal, but if you have got one, it's quite good. It gives you a sense of direction where you want to travel to. Just have a think. Are the systems that you've currently got in place actually going to be supporting you with that goal that you want? And if there is a mismatch between your systems and your goals, it's not going to happen. And I think that's why I think, and I've said it before, we've got fat loss the wrong way around. We need to look at your systems and we need to optimize your systems before we can get you anywhere near to the goal that you're looking for. And I think if we spent a lot more time optimizing systems, the rest does just happen in the background. So rather than being goal orientated, it's so much um, more powerful if you can have an identity um, that you're trying to sort of inhabit. So sort of thinking about the type of person that you would like to become. Think about the habits that person would have to be living in that body or performing in a certain way. And then 
definitely starting to vote in that direction. So you've got this evidence-based building that you are now the person who walks everywhere, chooses nourishing meals, et cetera, et cetera, trains regularly. You guys get it. I know you do. Um, and I, yeah, I just think it, you probably can't really think about, um, this type of stuff enough. I just think it is worth spending time because again, we get to create these and we get to recreate these and iterate on them. So again, you might have had a set of goals that served you brilliantly when you had one goal and maybe your goals shifted slightly and maybe your goal will continue to shift slightly. Maybe you've had fat loss and now you're looking um, for maintenance. So again, you've just got to check if you think about your goal are the systems you've currently got in place leading you to get there? And what I'm realizing is there was so much information. I'm only like halfway through my notes. So if you need to split this into two, please do. But the other thing, which I just thought I hadn't really ever thought about it before, but your current habits are perfectly designed to deliver your current results. And I think that there's a bit of parenting there, like sort of self-parenting when you actually reflect and you think, okay, so actually that is completely um, correct. So whatever and however you've designed your current um, systems, they are basically perfectly designed to deliver your current results. So if you're not getting the results you're wanting, it's the systems that need to change. So again, it's just reiterating the fact that it is... Um, so important to address the systems and not the fact that you're never reaching your goal because you just maybe weren't strict enough or um, intense enough. It's not that. We need to just kind of look at this completely the other way around. And your life bends in the direction of the habits you choose. And I think there, well, it can't be underestimated. Again, that little compound effect. And recently, if you've been with me for more than a year, you have had hopefully received a lovely gift through the post. And I think this is mainly recognition about the fact that it is this consistency. And it's not consistency over three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, a month. It's consistency over years that we're really looking for. Those little compound um, changes and that little... Uh, how it's going to basically change your direction. So if you think about a plane that sets off from an airport, if you changed its trajectory by a few degrees, it would land in a completely different country. And when you're thinking about making these choices that can seem so tiny, like, does it really matter if I make that choice or that choice? No, in isolation, it doesn't matter. But over time, it will compound. And if you continually make those choices that line up more with your goal, you are going to be moving um, yourself and changing the kind of trajectory of your life and hopefully building a better quality life with your better quality of habits. And I think now's probably a really good time to kind of go through how he talks about making a habit. And you basically reverse it completely if you want to break a habit. So the first thing is making it obvious. So to make it obvious, we talk about in the group things like planning it, putting it in your diary, it's in your face, you get an alert up, putting your lycra out or your exercise gear by the foot of the bed. It's the first thing you put it on um, in the morning, making sure your weights are ready. It's all set up. It's a no brainer. There would be more friction for you to roll up your mat and stick away the dumbbells than there would just be to do the activity. So make it obvious. There's four things. That's number one. Number two is make it attractive. In the group at the moment, we've got the buddy system um, rolling. And I think for you guys who are engaging with it, 
this is a really good example of making something attractive. So if you think that you have um, arranged to meet somebody for a run at 6 a.m. in the park, you are much more likely to show up for that run than if you're just going on your own. If you've decided to join up and do um, some strength training with somebody in the group and you've said it's going to be such and such a time or such and such a day, you're much more likely, particularly if it's visible and you've posted it up in the group that that's your intention, to do it. So making it attractive, making it kind of uncomfortable not to show up. If um, making it easy is the other thing. So simple and frictionless. So again, that would be really thinking about how you can make it as frictionless as possible. So, as, you know, part of that ease would be um, being prepared, making sure that your workout gear is um, easy to put on and that everything is sorted and, you know, really reducing, like if you don't want to travel to a gym, working out from home is a fantastic way to ease that friction. So making it easy, simple and frictionless. And then the last one, oh, I think this rocket's now wanting to talk to me. And the very last one, And then the very um, last one is making it satisfying. So I think for loads of us who've been training, sometimes that is satisfying enough, just the fact that it feels so good in that moment to be doing that heavy squat or that deadlift. And you just get that kind of internal satisfaction from showing up and doing that hard thing. But um, for those of us who are kind of maybe earlier in the process, it might be that you need to um, link your training or your walking to something that you're already enjoying, like maybe a podcast, uh, maybe this podcast, you never know, or having like a bubble bath or um, just deciding to link the activity that's difficult with something that's satisfying. So there's a massive amount of literature about um, embedding habits and how kind of getting that reward very closely linked to whatever the activity was. Obviously for us, it's gonna be really um, counterproductive if you're linking it to um, food. And I always uh, recommend that you guys don't link training to sort of treating yourself in that way. So look for kind of non-food and drink related treats. So yes, yeah, sort of time away, uh, maybe like an extra luxuriant stretch session or yeah, definitely just having a bit of time and space, whatever that means to you, whatever feels like a treat. Again, even using the app and using the habit tracker to tick something off, that can be massively satisfying. So again, making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy, simple, frictionless, all of those types of things, as well as satisfying. And then to reverse, so to break a bad habit, you need to make it invisible. So rather than obvious, make it invisible. And it's much easier probably to think about nutrition in a sense. So if you're literally walking into the kitchen every time, you can just see all of the kids' chocolates on the side and you've got things um, in your vision that you're then gonna be thinking about. You know, take those things away, put them high up, put some friction between them, make them invisible. We're really simple creatures. So rather than making it attractive, you're gonna make the, um, the unwanted behavior sort of unattractive. So again, I suppose with that training example, you know, the not turning up for a training session you've booked, that's gonna be much more uncomfortable than just obviously turning up. Um, 
in the regards to making it um, easy, you want to make it complicated. So there being friction there. So say, for example, you have put the kids chocolate high up in a cupboard that you can't reach without a stool. You need to go and get the stool. Then you need to stand on it. Then you need to kind of rummage around at the back of the cupboard to find the thing that is making it difficult and you're much less likely to do it. And obviously, um, just thinking about making something sort of less sat um, less satisfying. And I think when you are really clear on the type of person you want to become, it is quite unsatisfying if you're not continuing to vote for that type of person. So just really thinking about um, the reverse of those obvious, attractive, easy and satisfying if you're looking to break a habit. And I'm just having a little look through what else there was. I mean, there was some nice quotes. There was something like the heaviest weight is the weight of the, um, the gym door. And just to reiterate, it's just the getting started sometimes that can be so, so tricky. And just therefore downscaling habits. The reason he calls it atomic habits is obviously atoms are tiny. Um, but obviously, when you build atoms together, you know, the world is your oyster. So that idea that if you are feeling overwhelmed with nutrition or movement or training, just scale it back, make the habit tiny, because you can't build capacity um, before um, you can't build um, intensity before you've got capacity. So if you don't have the habit, how can you supersize it? Because the habit's not even there and therefore it feels overwhelming. So build capacity before intensity, just popping in that, you know, I'm the type of person who does my press ups and that little six minute hip video every day is going to kind of protect that space in time as your workout time, then you can build intensity might be then you do 10 minutes, 20 minutes, slightly longer sessions. And then really interestingly, I don't know if this will resonate with anybody. Uh, maybe if you're thinking about joining up in January, you might be the type of person who is continually um, in motion rather than action. And motion can feel really satisfying because when you're in motion, you are getting all the equipment, you are making sure that you've got like some nice workout gear, that you've got some weights, that you've got a nice new mat. Uh, maybe you're gonna buy like a food blender so you can make your protein shake and you'll, you get really caught up in motion. So the kind of organizing, the kind of logistics of launching this brand new you, but you never actually move into action. And I think it's really common for people to get stuck in motion. And that's why it's so useful if you are in a community of people who are all trying to embed the same type of behavior change. If you have someone to be directly accountable to because you're really struggling, even though you know what you need to do, you know it's not rocket science, there is still something magic about having accountability to another human being and surrounding yourself with other human beings who are doing and striving for exactly the same type of life changes that you're wanting to embrace. So if you're not already a challenger and you're thinking, yes, I am going to be somebody in 2022 who is a person who lives in a healthy body, who trains regularly, who moves more, um, then it can be super useful if you struggled before, if you are um, somebody who likes to go with intensity over consistency, it's much easier if you become part of a group where we're all, we've all got very similar goals about improving fitness and health and body composition. 
but we're looking at it from the point of consistency over time and not intensity. And it's so tempting to go with intensity. It's so tempting to want everything yesterday, but the magic of staying here, which is why I sent out the little gifts, the magic of staying here over months and years, there's just not a price that you can put on that. It just feels incredible when you start to feel confident in having this toolkit. And I know, again, some of you in the check-ins were asking again about what do we do about Christmas? So even though this isn't anything about habits, I thought I'd just pop it in um, just at the end. So we always have complete permission to eat and drink however we want to. And I think it's really interesting when you sort of change that round um, and instead of thinking, well, you know, I'm maybe like pursuing this different body composition at the moment, therefore I should do this and I shouldn't have that. You're perceiving the fact that you're restricted. However, if instead you approach these parties as I have complete permission to eat and drink in whatever pattern and sort of uh, have whatever behavior in these events I'm going to that I sort of want to have completely changes how you're going to approach these situations and you really change that kind of locus of control and you're in control and you can decide what actions you're going to take and hopefully therefore you're not going to be having that perceived feeling of um feeling restricted and all oh, can't do this and shouldn't do that instead it might be like well actually I'm choosing to eat everything that I want off this menu tonight because it's Christmas and I'm just choosing to do that and that feels so much more sort of powerful um, than sort of feeling like you're going along to an event and you shouldn't have this and you shouldn't have that and as soon as you kind of give yourself that complete freedom and permission you will find that you can start making choices that do line up a bit more with your goals the majority of the time. So don't come from a sense of uh, feeling restricted because restriction is just your perception of an event. So instead, I want you to turn it around and just think about the fact that you have complete autonomy to do whatever you like all of the time. You've got a set of tools now that you can apply in all situations. And it's more about how you're going to respond after these events. So it's more about how you um, treat all the other meal times around the Christmas period, the breakfast, the lunches, the snacks, than these sort of I don't know, three, four, five social occasions where maybe there'll be things that aren't quite out of your um, control and might sort of lead you to be kind of making choices that don't 100% line up with the goal that you want. But again, like I said on the previous podcast, I think for most of us in December, looking for consistency, looking for continuing with our training, our movement and looking for nourishing options is optimal for months like December. And then come January and February, we can decide whether you want to sort of shift things around a bit. But guys, I am loving having you here. Thank you so much for those of you who um, shared with me that I was one of your, or if not the top podcast that you listen to. I am here for you. I hope this habit um, podcast has been useful. I obviously would love some feedback. And if you know anybody where um, they are a little bit fed up, they've done the extreme intensive diets, they've done the detoxes and the cleanses, and you think they would just benefit from having a different approach, an approach that actually works, something that's sustainable, enjoyable, um, that understands that life is busy and that you can't spend all of your time thinking about what you're putting into your body and how you're moving it, et cetera, et cetera. 
I would love to have them in board on, in the new year. So send them my way. And if you haven't rated already, there are a few more ratings, which I'm ever so grateful for. Thanks, gang. Um, then do pop me a rating on um, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And I will love you forever. Guys, I will see you next week. Bye.